You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talking about Brad Marchand and the impact he's been able to have, and he scores another overtime game winner in Ottawa. I don't know if you guys thought that that game seemed like it was, you know, it seemed like it was destined for overtime. I feel like that should have been a regulation win, uh, even though the Bruins are up not against not just the Senators, they're up against the refs once again. Uh, well, we can get to either part of that first, Brian. I, I know, like, we talked right before we got on here about how the refs are were kind of a main storyline again, and it shouldn't be like that. So uh, the Bruins end up giving up mm. – uh, two power play goals and, and it's not, you know, it's, it's hard to fight against that. They, the first three power plays that the senators had, they didn't get a single shot off on any of them. Um, but then when you give them six chances, like they're going to start getting shots and they're going to start putting them in. So uh, what are you guys thoughts on how regulation went? And then we can go to the overtime goal by Marshawn. Well, I mean, I, I hate talking about the officiating cause it's just wasted energy and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be something we talk about, but I couldn't help but bring it up to you guys this morning because it's like any time that, that, that one team has six power plays and the other team has one, it's like, it's just, it, it's clearly, it, it's, it's just a inability to do your job effectively. And, and to your point, Bridget, it's like the Bruins are playing shorthanded all game playing against the Senders and the refs. And, and I'm not somebody who likes to, 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 to bring officials into the play. Cause I think they suck for every team. But after a night like last night, it's like in a league where you call somebody for breathing on somebody, like you're going to call the Bruins six times with the scent. You mean to tell me that the senders haven't, you know, done a little, you know, love taps to the gloves to call them as well. The, it, 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 it pisses me off when you, when you look at a, any NHL game, I don't care if it's the Bruins who are the recipient, the recipients of the good calls, any NHL box score where one team has one power play and the other team has two, three, four times the amount five times the amount, six, six times the amount. It, it is unacceptable. It should never happen. Um, I, that's just, that's all I can really say. It's pathetic. Can I ask you guys a question? Is, is embellishment still a penalty in the NHL? I'm going to go with are, no. <laughs> are, are they, are they supposed to call that? Because I, I remember a time when the NHL started cracking down on embellishment. And I think it might be time to do that again, because I, I'm not just talking about Bruins games, but, other games I watch, like there are a lot of embellishments, and I can't remember the last time I saw it called. Like it, it's it's crazy, and it, it, the reason I bring it up now is because the Senators, both of their power play goals came when they got power plays because Parker Kelly flopped. He flops to the ice, battling with Trent Frederick behind the net. He flops to the ice, getting shoved by Parker Weatherspoon with. It, it gets called a cross check, but like. That push happens in every scrum in the corner 
all game long. And it's it was just usually, usually players have more shame than to drop to the ice like like a ton of bricks like Parker Kelly did. Um, but like that's embarrassing for the refs to fall for that. To fall for it twice from the same guy. It's like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you watching? You know, like these are NHL players that lift weights and train and have the best strength and conditioning workouts in the world. They're strong enough to stay on their feet when someone nudges them in the back. Trust me, they are strong enough to stay on their feet. So when you see a guy just drop like that, like put two and two together and realize he's trying to get a call and you fell for it. You you idiots. Like it's, it's, it's insane. It's just unbelievable. It is insane. You, you got 60 minutes in a hockey game to a lot, 12 of those to a team to have a man advantage and then give the other team two. And, 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 and first no, of all, it was one, wasn't it just one? No, no. Well, yeah. I mean, two, like, like two, two minutes of power. Oh, yeah. Time. yeah. Um, like, Which ended up actually only being three seconds because yep. awesome. just blasted a one-timer. Right. Yeah, it was three so, whole seconds. Exactly. Right. Okay, fair enough. Right? So it's like how as a, as an official, how can you do you like do you think they're walking out of Scotiabank Arena last night being like, Yeah, crush that game, boys. Good job. Like, like what like like what are you doing? Seriously, even if the Bruins deserved all those penalties, which they didn't, it's like you, you gotta you you mean to tell me that the centers played a completely clean game? especially when everything gets called this these days, it's like, come on guys. Like this, this goes beyond the Boston Bruins versus the Ottawa senators on January 25th. Like this is about, this is a league wide issue and they got to, they got to figure it. They got to figure it out. They're, they are ruining, um, they're ruining the games. They're ruining the game. Yeah. It's, it's hard to watch, especially the embellishment stuff. Like that's not hockey. Embellishment is what like is soccer or basketball. Like it, that's not hockey. Uh, it shouldn't be. And when you say, when's the last time you remember someone getting called for embellishment? The last time I saw an embellishment call was in a college hockey game. I can't remember the last time I saw one in the NHL. Uh, so. And uh, Bridget, I'm going to tell you this as someone who also watches a lot of soccer, soccer is doing a better job of cutting down on this right now than the NHL is. I, I watch a lot of premier league. And know what happens when guys flop in the Premier League? They get the foul and they get a yellow card, and that's it. There's no, there's not even matching. It's the guy who flops gets penalized, and that's the only call. Good and like, about freaking time. Right, and like the NHL could and should be doing that too. And they're not only are they not even calling both guys, they're just falling for the embellishment. Like they're just calling the penalty on the other team. Uh, so the officials should be uh, one of our downs this week. Um, well, before we get to the ups and downs, I guess Scott, did you have any um, any finishing remarks regarding Marshan in your opening take? I don't think so. I mean, I think I cover most of it, but just that he's like he is more than rising to the occasion as captain, leader, and once again star player. Which, you know, look, he had a good season last year. 21 goals, 67 points. It just wasn't vintage Marchand. And we know why. He talked all season about how he still didn't feel fully like himself after that double hip surgery. And he was saying that, like, even going into the playoffs. And, you know, it, like, in a whole season of what-ifs with how everything ended, 
you wonder how that season plays out, how that playoffs plays out. If, if you have, you know, like a fully recovered year removed from hip surgery, Marshand, because we're seeing that he, he still has it in the tank. It was just the hip that was kind of holding him back last year. Um, and, you know, sometimes you wonder, like, look, he's in his mid thirties. It wouldn't be surprising enough all, at all. If that was just what he is now, you know, maybe he's just a 60, 65 point guy for a couple of years. And then he drops down to a 50 point guy. That would be normal. That's what tends to happen as players get into their mid thirties, mid to late thirties. Instead with Marshan, like this is to me, like it's, you call it a bounce back season, but again, it's not like he was that down last year. I just think it's more of a statement season. It's like he's still capable of this, and he, and he's capable of it without Bergeron as a center, which um, is just impressive. It's it's an impressive season that he's putting together. Did you uh, did you have a chance to mention earlier about him passing a certain somebody in Bruins lore? Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned that in the okay. in the open. Yeah, passing Bork, but yeah, impressive stuff. I mean, anytime, anytime you're you're passing Ray Bork on anything Bruins related, it's well. He decided right. he decided to make a joke about it the other day when he tied him and say Ray Bork was a defenseman. He's <laughs> like, he's <laughs> like, true. I'm up here. And he's like, well, that's a defenseman, and yeah. but but then he was like, no, I'm just kidding. Like, uh, obviously, he's one of the best Bruins ever. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he, he, he doesn't like to talk a lot about like individual accomplishments, which a lot of the guys don't, but he, he didn't really take a whole lot of time to talk about what it meant for himself because you know, the drill, it's all about the cups and the team, not the individual achievements, but obviously like we can talk about how impressive it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, it is funny when he, when he puts it that way, Ray Bork was a, was a defenseman, but still, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's just cementing himself uh, as as one of the greatest Bruins. I mean, there's no other and, way to, to describe it. And one of the most clutch Bruins because he now with another overtime goal, he keeps moving up that list too. Like his his yeah. overtime scoring has has been key, and uh, so he he does it again. He finds a way to to win. I think Jeremy Swayman only faced that one shot in the overtime, uh, and so the Bruins do what they should have done in regulation and take two points away from Ottawa, who had not been doing great this season record-wise. Um, so that's a team that they they needed to beat, but um, not that they're necessarily a bad team. But I know I know the Canadian media has been on top of them quite a bit, but. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they've been, playing, they've been playing a little bit better recently, and they've been scoring a bunch of goals. So, yeah, you know, that's not. That's- that's yes. the crazy part about it is that they're they are scoring and their power play isn't bad. Like I just don't really understand what's going on with them. Well, they, they don't they don't play any defense and they don't have a goalie, so that, that's what's going on with them. Um, but yeah, one other interesting note from overtime: uh, David Pasternak did not play in overtime. He was not on either of the top two three on three units. Um, yeah, because think think back to what the breakdowns were the last few times they lost in overtime. Who was on the ice? I mean, I know we also yeah. talk about how he's on the ice to score, but like, if you're trying to really make a statement about okay, this is something we are not doing in overtime, like you have to put the better puck managers, like the better situation managers, in there. And Pasternak obviously is your deadliest threat to score, but 
you see, you kind of see maybe this is the new philosophy and how to not lose so many games in overtime. Yeah, I think they've clearly placed more of an emphasis on possession and like actual defensive responsibility. Whereas, it, you know, it's like it's tempting three on three, like, hey, just throw out your most talented players and tell them to go. And it's like, okay, but then if you don't score on your first chance, you're giving up a two or three on one. So, um, yeah, they they have gotten better. Like, I think the last couple times they've gone to overtime now, you've you've seen them value the puck. How many times did we come on here and talk about how, like, you know, other teams will circle back and cycle and possess the puck for a minute straight, and then, like, the Bruins will get it, go one on two and turn it over in 12 seconds. And it's like – Or take cl- a stupid shot, and then that's it. They, they lose the puck. Yeah, Jake, yeah, Jake DeBrus that one game. Yeah, it's like – Yes, they, maybe they just needed more practice time. Maybe it just hadn't been enough of a focus. Um, you know, it is such a specialty situation that you're obviously not practicing it as much as five on five, as much as power play, penalty kill, two on r- one rush, three on two rush. Like that's all the stuff that the Bruins really focus on in practice. But yes, that their overtime problems got bad enough that they clearly needed to like come come back to the drawing board and figure out a different approach and i think they have well yeah think about if you go to overtime 10 times in the season and and you you lose most of them like say you lose seven or eight of them like you're missing out on seven or eight points towards the standing and that's not an insignificant number like that means you you're now having to to work harder um in in the games later on down your schedule because you missed out on points earlier in the season that you you should have at least had a better chance to to hold on to some of them if you just I don't know if if you had your overtime three on three stuff tied down earlier in the season I understand why it's not practiced as much but uh it definitely was a necessity for this team because you're otherwise you're just giving up points if you keep doing the same thing in overtime and having the same result. And it's not, it's also not great for the team, like in the locker room to, to have this keep happening to them. So you got to write it at some point. 